The views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Infinite Campus. One quick note before we begin, this episode was recorded in January of 2022 while we were dealing with the impact of the Omicron variant. While we're transitioning back to something that resembles normal, there's still a lot of lessons learned and key takeaways in this particular episode that I think we can all benefit from. Consider this episode a retrospective of the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you. Brian and I are both, you know, programmers by, by trade. I, I would, we would love to know how crazy was the very compressed <laughs> development cycle for the blended learning <laughs> and, and other COVID related tool sets. Like, did you guys, did, did, did you get to like go to bed at night or, or not really? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it's so funny, developers work on their own time schedule, right? Some are really early morning people and some are super late people. So you seem to get messages all day long and all night long from different people. Hello and welcome to Transforming K-12 Education, an Infinite Campus podcast. I'm your host, Peter Snell. Infinite Campus is a student information system used by 2,000 school districts across 45 states, supporting a total of 8 million students. This podcast explores our corporate mission by diving into our customers' stories and experiences of how they are transforming K-12 for their students, staff, and communities. Today's episode is part two of a two-part series on COVID-19 and the impact on education. Last time we heard from project manager Eric Gordy, who talked about the dramatic shift in development efforts to support district processes and procedures related to the pandemic. At this time, we're going to introduce our special guests, Robert Kramer and Brian Mulvaney from Southwestern City School District in Ohio. Southwestern encompasses a 119 square mile area in the southwestern quadrant of Franklin County, which includes a substantial portion of the city of Columbus. Southwestern is the second largest public school district in the county and the sixth largest in the state of Ohio. My name is Brian Mulvaney. I'm the executive director for IT here at Southwestern City Schools. Been with the district since just before 2000, so 20 some years. Uh, and our, our team, I lead the team that has responsibility for everything related to technology, all hardware, software systems. Um, we have a team of about 14 individuals and we support everything throughout our district of 30 some buildings. Uh, so my name is Robert Kramer. Uh, I'm the data analyst here at Southwestern <laughs> City School District. Uh, we're in Grove City, Ohio. Uh, I've had I've had the pleasure of working here for over 12 years. Um, first as the operations coordinator, uh, then programmer, and now data analyst. All those roles are within our were, have been within our district's data center. Uh, before coming here, I did work as a systems engineer in the private sector for four years with a smaller engineering company first. How did the pandemic affect, and let's face it, continue to affect uh, your district operations? So maybe Robert, if you wouldn't mind, let's start with you. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think we can we can start with. Uh, I think we all had that where where were you when moment at the onset of the pandemic, and and for our school district, uh, along with the rest of the schools in Ohio, uh, everything hit the fan the afternoon of Thursday, March twelfth, uh, twenty twenty. Uh, ironically, we were actually in a meeting uh, determining a plan uh, for Chromebook distribution if the schools were shut down. 
And then literally in the middle of the meeting, all of our phones started going off and it was our spouses texting us, letting us know that the governor announced that schools across the state of Ohio would be shutting down Monday. Uh, and wow. just like that, uh, our meeting turned from planning uh, to action. Uh, our superintendent stopped by and told us that the district would be having an emergency administrative meeting uh, at, right here at the district service center in less than two hours. And we needed to have a plan of action on the equitable distribution of 15,000 or so Chromebooks to 22,000 students that could be executed in one day. Uh, and be ready to explain it to the principals that would be coming over for that meeting in less than two hours. So yeah. uh, Friday, the next day uh, would be our last day with students in the buildings for at least three weeks. But as we know, we were prepared for longer, which was good because it was the rest of the year, right? Uh, we spent the next hour and a half running back and forth from our offices and the conference room we've been working out of, running numbers, seeing how we can get the most Chromebooks into the hands of our students fairly uh, because we were not yet one-to-one. -one. Uh, in the end, we, uh, we decided on every student, uh, grade 7 through 12, each getting a Chromebook to take home with the oldest pre-K-6 sibling also getting one to take home. Uh, we made some exceptions for split households and, and large younger families too, of course. But teachers and schools needed to know which students should get these Chromebooks at, at these pre-K to six levels. You know, which kids should get them, right? They don't know who the oldest one is. We just knew we had the numbers for it. Uh, and thank goodness Infinite Campus gives us that back-end access to the database. It allowed us to be able to create and run reports just like that, not just to get those original numbers, but to then develop reports in the form of handout checklists as printable PDFs sorted by school and homeroom ready to go in principal's email inboxes by the next morning. Um, I mean, it was, now granted, it was, it was a late night to be sure, but it was, <laughs> but it was made possible by the great design of campus and the access nice. they allow us to have. Sure. So the whole goal was to ensure that there was at least one district-owned device in each and every household, at the very least. Absolutely. Yeah. And we knew the middles and highs would need them more urgently. So we made sure every one of them had one. And then pre-K-6, we made sure at least one would be there to be shared. You know, sometimes you, have, you could have five kids pre-K-6. So like, okay, we have a few, we made sure to have some built in where judgment calls could be made. They could get that house an extra Chromebook or two. And then sometimes yeah. you, have, you have split households, too, and it just may not work out where their primary household is one, but then they each go to stay with the other parent and now they can't share the Chromebook if they're in a different house on Wednesday and Thursday during the week or something. So right. we tried to not quite allocate all of them, make sure there were some extras that could be uh, uh, taken care of in exceptional situations. Another feature of campus that we've always loved, the ability to add our own fields and tabs. Devices got distributed and not only Chromebooks, but we have a number of, you know, we have a large percentage of our population that are free and reduced students. And so we also provided hotspots for any students who wanted them so that they could have make it, ensure they had internet access and the ability to create our own tab where we could monitor that stuff and, and record and track was also a great feature we utilized within campus during this time. Yeah, that, that brings up a, a great question. So for either of you, that digital equity is such a big question in districts, how were you able to track or identify those students that needed those mobile hotspots because they didn't have a stable internet connection at home or wherever they were at the time? We didn't really try to identify them per se proactively. We just made the offer, you know, that any student who needed a hotspot let us know. I think we ordered maybe 3,000 and maybe uh, 1,000, less than half of those actually got requested, but every student who requested one got one. We, 
we made sure to get the message out to them via campus messenger with email right. with voice mail just make sure to hit them every way we could so that they word could get out that if you needed it you know we we had it yeah that those resources were available if necessary mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful and, and there were i mean that's another feature of campus that we just love is messenger with voice you know we use it all the time for all kinds of communications and certainly during those early days of COVID, there were a lot of new things to communicate with families and the ability to do that, you know, right within our student information system has always been a powerful feature we've enjoyed. You know, I know you touched on this quite a bit already, but what technology tools did you find were the most helpful during this time? And, and that includes, you know, tools both in and out of campus. We're, we're a Google district and um, we have we have not implemented any sort of separate LMS system. We use the features. We offer the features inside campus to our teachers. Um, any of those features are, are available to them. We also use Google Classroom pretty extensively. They can use whichever tool set they want. Um, so that was very powerful for us. And when you guys introduced the uh, connection to classroom that allowed uh, grades to come back into campus, we took advantage of that quickly and set that up as well. Sure. And, and I think from inside campus, uh, I mean, as we moved into the 2021 school year, uh, the successful implementation of uh, campus's blended learning environment and virtual yeah. attendance were one of the most important accomplishments that we, we had. And I obviously it was, I think it was one of the most important accomplishments you guys had as well yeah, in, in making too. that available to us and our successful implementation of it. Um, you know, in the end of 1920, uh, in one way we were lucky in that our governor had decided that we weren't going to track attendance anymore. So we didn't have to deal with uh, uh, the way that even having track attendance uh, at the end of that school year. But 2021 came around, we had to do it. And once those long-term implications for the schools and the pandemic became apparent, you know, our, our attention had to turn there to scheduling and attendance in 2021. And, yeah. and that's where Infinite Campus and, and Eric Gordy in particular did such a great job of keeping us informed on the upcoming blended learning and attendance tools. You know, we were kept up to date in the forums and what the capabilities would be. So we could reassure our schools that they could schedule like normal. And then we would split the students into the new blended learning groups and they could even take virtual attendance. Um, I mean, these tools definitely came just in time over the summer months, uh, but looking at what typical software development cycle is, Infinite Campus really hauled butt to get these tools ready to go. and. and you know, we did have to write some scripts to help accomplish a few things on, on top of what campus was already providing, but that's that's part of what makes our, uh, campus so great. You know, campus doesn't have to natively provide every last tool or option for each district's particular needs. You know, you can work to provide your own, whether it be through ad hocs, outside reporting, or or, or scripting. And, and this enabled us to do things like divide our students into the, you know, the blue and green blended learning groups in a, in a better way for us than, than even campus could do natively, uh, provide slightly different ways of handling virtual attendance and even creating specialized ad hocs to allow for you know proper ordering of the take-home lunches for virtual days within campus's food service module. Um, we were also able to author scripts ahead of time to set up all of our virtual days for the respective blended learning groups on all our calendars in, in one fell swoop when we were finally given the go-ahead you know, by the board. I, I don't think any other student information system even came close to providing the solutions that campus did as fast, certainly, and certainly not as fast as Infinite Campus did. And, and as for outside stuff, uh, you know, outside, uh, like Brian said, we definitely use Google, but also most commonly Crystal Reports, SQL scripting, and, and Tableau uh, with the 
data for the blended learning groups available, we were able to provide the schools with Tableau dashboard that could give them drillable graphs and student lists on how their blue-green numbers looked, even broken down by demographic areas if desired. One of the most common questions was how attendance looked for physical versus virtual. And you can bet mm. the newspapers were one of the biggest ones asking, not just in, yeah, internally yeah, we wanted to bet. know as well, but there were, there were a lot of external requests this year versus last year, virtual school versus hybrid. And, and once again, we were able to provide these dashboards so that district administration and schools alike could easily compare this data and, and, and take a look at it however they'd like. We sit regularly on being one of the larger districts in Ohio, we sit on a bi-monthly meeting with all of the large districts in Ohio and it, the focus is on state reporting and the Ohio Department of Education uh, participates in these meetings as well. And when we kind of described what campus was able to put in place so quickly, certainly the other large districts around the state, you know, who weren't using Infinite Campus were, were envious of the tool set that we had to deal with the situations we all had to deal with in that, in, during that pandemic, the early days of the pandemic. And, and I will say that, you know, looking back at the WebExes or the Zoom meetings that we had during the course of development in the middle of summer, Right, I remember both of your, your names and faces on, on those calls as I was sitting in my backyard, right, as the fall came along, you guys could see the changes in Minnesota color, but, but your input as the district people from across the country, right, many, many people on those calls helped shape and form the decisions we had in development. So, so your willingness to participate and be proactive and, and help out and talk with us um, helped put in place a solution that, that could help not only your district, but have the good foresight for all of the other districts as well that we serve, right? So, so that was so helpful to have your, not only on those Zoom calls, but also on the forum to put out questions and solutions when it came out, say, hey, this is a problem. And then someone come back and say, really not a problem if you do it this way. So really a cooperative opportunity between development, between support and between our customers to help each other through this time. I think that was important. Well, and I'll just I'll just let you know that from a customer's perspective, you know, we've been through two major student information system upgrades since I've worked here at Southwestern and I've seen the other side. I've seen <laughs> when, you know, customers have technical knowledge, have technical expertise, have technical capability, but they can't get the vendor to listen. They can't get the vendor mm -hmm. to even enter into those conversations on a kind of a peer level and that's one thing i've appreciated about infinite campus and, and your team is that you're open to those conversations and you know we've we've worked with other vendors in the past that just weren't even open to that i guess they they think we're all teachers and you know don't really have that technical expertise but you know there are lots of times when when we live this day in and day out if we can just have a conversation with you know, peer technical experts within your team, we can come up with much better solutions. The idea of passing paper back and forth to get down to the nitty gritty of what you need, the type of functionality you need in student information system, just sometimes it just isn't enough. You need to have that conversation and that, that collegiality and, you know, multiple minds thinking about the same problem to get a really good solution. As smart as we think we are, there are people out there that actually have to use this thing and have really good ideas that we need to listen to. A little off topic, asynchronous instruction, teachers uh, providing instruction where students kind of work at their own pace versus synchronous where they're, you know, on a webinar call, full classroom. 
Uh, what's that breakdown in your district? Is it all synchronous, asynchronous, or does it really kind of vary? Well, kind of the way we set it up with the blue-green days that, that Robert mentioned, um, we kind of intentionally, on the days a student wasn't at school, it was more that, um, you know, that asynchronous where they, they got the assignment, they worked on it at home, and then the next time they were in person, they would review that with the teacher. That was kind of how we set up our days to go back and forth. And when our kids were in person, I can't remember whether Robert said this or not, but we kind of split up half the class was there in person and half the class was remote on alternating days. The Monday, Mondays and Tuesdays were blue days. Thursdays yeah. and Fridays were green days and Wednesdays were virtual for everybody. Okay. So that was, so then actually Wednesday, they could do it more synchronous if they wanted to. The teachers right. could, could engage with all the kids at once online, but obviously if they have the blue kids in class Monday and Tuesday, then yeah, the green kids, you know, aren't gonna have that, that in-person uh, or uh, in-person online uh, uh, instruction. Yeah. Right. And so anyway, I, I think that we have a mixture of all those techniques. It depends on the teacher. You know, yep. we certainly have some teachers who aren't very comfortable with technology. So I'm sure they don't do a whole lot of the uh, webinar instruction in, unless that's the only option they have for the day. But we certainly have a lot of very capable teachers that I'm sure, you know, have done that kind of instruction with their students. Yeah, I know, but I have a son who's a teacher and he does that kind of instruction, you know, all the time. So yeah. It just depends on teacher. Very good. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. If there was a similar situation that took place years from now, and, you know, that's definitely in the realm of possibilities, how would you do things differently? Um, you know, it sounds like you responded very well, um, very quickly, and had a lot of great ideas that were put into place immediately, but anything that you would do differently should this sort of chain of events were to occur again? I think since since the tools are now all available, everything's out there, I think the greatest gift that we would have to do this again would be the potential for more time to get it ready. You know, everything was rushed for everybody, right? You guys, for us, anyone in that situation. And also, like I said, campus has added some tools uh, that we originally kind of, they weren't, they weren't there yet, right? You guys had to get the, the base product out, which again, you did at a blistering pace. But even since then, you've added some tools that, you know, we kind of had to do on our own, you know, cause like we gotta have this now, whether it's, you know, ready or not. So, you know, but we were able to do that through via SQL scripts, but now I like setting up multiple calendars, things like that, that's gotten a lot easier with the new tools that have added in blended learning. So we would have more tools available from you guys directly that we wouldn't have to uh, do as kind of one-offs from us. So we could hopefully use things more natively. I mean, again, we, we, we want to use things as natively as we always can within campus, but it's just good to know that if it's, you know, if it's something that we're, maybe a little particular about we, we have the, you guys give us the ability to do it uh, on our own. So hopefully we'd utilize those newer tools and, and keep the customizations to a minimum and have more time to do it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and I agree. I think it went amazingly well, to be honest, given what was thrown at everyone across the country, you know, in, in such a short period of time. So quick, quick question for either of you. As Hopefully pandemic learning comes to an end eventually, right? I don't know if you guys are virtual at this time or in and out, hybrid mode still. Um, but I know no, districts- we're all 100%. You're 100%. And I know districts are, you know, some districts are out for a couple weeks or, or here and there, but are you continuing to use bl the blended learning solution this year or have you had discussions within your district to figure out your extensions? Because this is gonna be in place. Have you figured out it doesn't have to be blended learning or 
pandemic learning, but we could use it for this. Has there been any discussion or conversations about how to extend it? Yeah, I have not heard any conversations like that yet. I think people are still just kind of reeling. You know, you went from reeling shock. from yeah. the pandemic, to be honest, to reeling about how are we going to spend all this money that we have in meaningful ways, yeah. you know, that, that, that was infused into school districts in meaningful ways to try and have the biggest impact on kids. So I think we're, that's kind of where we are right now is kind of, you know, reeling with bringing up a, a lot of new services, a lot of new functionality, you know, available for kids and, and probably, you know, maybe next school year, this coming summer, we'll kind of step back and, you know, the curriculum folks will be able to, you know, think about, oh, you know, we now have this new tool set that we never had before. How can we use it moving forward? But we, we definitely have everything ready to go if we have to dust it off. That That's for sure. It's all saved out there. And, and Brian is kind of, you know, when, when things have gotten a little dicey at times, he's like, well, just, you know, be ready just in case, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not there yet. But, but to your point, Eric, I do want to say that we, we do struggle sometimes with how to help kids who need the extra help during those off months, you know, during the summertime, how, what are some creative ways in which we can not have to have families deal with the transportation issue, which is an issue for a lot of our kids. You know, how do you, how do you get them connected up and in front of that teacher um, and having the tool set that we now have available, thinking about, like you say, different ways, creative ways to use those tools that, you know, were implemented or were developed as a result of a pandemic, but now we can use them in, in a lot of ways, not just for, you know, limited attendance in person at school, but other times during the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my question for all three of you is, you know, how did you stay sane uh, over these last few years with all of those, those challenges that COVID-19 presented? For me, very fortunate. I have two high school age children and my wife, we all live at home and, you know, they were doing school and they tell me I'm too loud, right, on all my meetings. So go outside, right? But, uh, you know, we had, we had a good time and, and, and we did, um, you know, went out on our boat frequently, you know, and, and, and tried to be together and just be outside as much as we possibly can. My family or my wife in particular says the same thing about me when I'm on Zoom calls at, at home that I he says, be quiet, you're yep. talking too loud. You're going to <laughs> um, and, and our kids would come over and we would do things in the garage or on the, you know, on the driveway, those sorts of things, they'll drive by. I have uh, two daughters who are younger. So they're, uh, they were third grade and first grade. The, mo the best part was at night, um, we had uh, nightly uh, Mario Kart games on the Wii, and we taught our kids to be very good at Mario Kart. Very good. Alrighty, well, thank you all three of you for your time. I really appreciate the thoughtful discussion, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're tuning in from. If you are an Infinite Campus customer and want to continue the conversation, join us on the moderated forums in the campus community. If you want to learn more about Infinite Campus in our student information system, go to www.infinitecampus.com. There you can register for an overview demonstration of Infinite Campus. Again, my name is Peter Snell. Thanks so much for listening to Transforming K-12 Education.